Okay, so, Rena Bryson, welcome mm-hmm. to the Thoughts for Free podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Um, we're going to be talking about kind of theatre and uh, I think you're kind of quite interested in modern theatre as well and modern audiences. Mm-hmm. But to start off, I guess, it's a very open question. Um, what, what got you into theatre and what is keeping you there now? Like, why is the interest still Ooh, those there? Those are two big questions. Um, what got me into theatre? I started drama school when I was like five. Mm. Um, I guess I <laughs> I wasn't a very sporty child or I, I, I was just always really drawn to theatre and arts and uh, music. I was very much more into music when I was younger. Do you play? Now. No, I was a singer. Oh, yeah. that, so that I, works I, well I, with drama and theatre. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes we incorporate it, right. but I don't sing as much as I used to. Um, I suppose I felt that it really resonated with me. Um, while a lot of other things that were available to me at the time didn't, or did not. You, did you then have like theatre classes in school? Is it or no, no? How, how they, our it... school didn't even have music. They cut that. Oh yeah. <laughs> how did you expose? Get, how did you get exposed to it then? Um, I went to Mullingar um, every Saturday once I was old enough. Um, I lived in Longford, um, so Mullingar wasn't that far away at the yeah. time. Um, so when I was about. 15 I think then my mum decided that it was okay for me to go by myself on the train and I'd go up every weekend and I'd study music at the Mullingar School of Music and then I was with the Olive Whelan Speech and Drama which is actually where I got my first um I was an assistant teacher there then by the time I was like 16 or something I was like I was doing all of the the exams that's um, great for you, yeah. That was a lot of good experience, I say. Yeah, yeah. I was much off, more focused like, on that than school. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting all distinctions and yeah. all my drama exams. Yeah. And, yeah. like, yeah, I wasn't that focused on actual school. I think I know what you mean. It's kind of like me with this this idea here now. Mm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what is keeping you there now, say? Because you have mm-hmm. your own company. You're a co-founder of the Eco... Eco Eva's it, Echo. Eva's Echo. Yeah. Theater, yeah. Um, I just can't see myself doing anything else Mm. like I really really love it and I feel like it's driven like so much of my life like I can't imagine not creating theater like it's what like gets me up in the morning Mm. um and I think it's kind of a strange thing where because it is like a very difficult life to live as like an an artist inverted commas but it's obviously not a very well um, financial gain mm-hmm. to be working in the arts um, but I just really really love it um, On the financial side when did you actually go all in? Like did you ever work and do art if you get me like part time work with art with theatre? Oh or yes d- yeah. um, oh, I go in and out of lots of different jobs oh, all the do? time okay. and like even within the arts I work as a drama teacher and I work doing digital marketing specifically for arts organizations. Oh. So I kind of work in the arts in a more financially reliable jobs as you. well yeah. as the more creative jobs. Yeah. I kind of balance the two so I can eat. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's where my question is heading to. Yeah, that's, so that's how I eat. I, I yeah. teach and oh, I do digital marketing. That's great that you can make it work. And you still find that side interesting, the advertisement? And oh, that. yes. Oh, yeah. that's, that's great. Um, I didn't think that I ever would. Like, I was one of these people that when Snapchat came out, I was like, oh, God, it's oh. the devil. <laughs> um, and now I'm just constantly on my phone. Oh. Um, complete opposite. But I did my master's um, dissertation on 
advertising and branding in the arts, specifically with Druid as a case study. Um, and then I also was referencing the Arts Festival. And then this year I actually worked um, for the Go International Arts Festival oh, and their did. digital marketing. Oh, on um, that side of it? Yeah. Oh. oh, that's great. And so so with your, with your company, mm-hmm. uh, what kind of groups do you work with in terms of like age? And I mean sort of actors wise, but also like um, the audience, like what is, what is your target audience as well? So maybe like the actors first, like who do you kind of work with when you create um, um, pieces? Well, it would be all ages, um, say our, ne- our upcoming production. Everyone is predominantly young, hmm. but it wouldn't always be, especially with actors, because it really depends on the age of the character. So we'd have kind of one older actor in our upcoming show, Starseed. Um, But our main thing is more that it's all emerging artists rather than young artists. Are they local as well? or? Uh, Not all the time. Um, So say our production now, most people are from Galway, but we have Mm. one person travelling from... Actually, there's three people travelling from Dublin every week. But two of them are Galwegians. So, um, yeah, there'd be someone from Dublin. We've done that before. We've had actors Hmm. from Dublin come down. And then Hazel, the co-founder of the company, just recently moved back to Sligo. Um, That's where we both studied our undergrad. So she's commuting. You've always kind of been together around. Yeah, (laughs) but she was the the year ahead of me in college. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, then I suppose, what is the target audience then? Or is it different? Um, our target audience is kind of everyone, but right. I suppose more specifically, if we have a specific audience that we're trying to reach, I'd have to say that it would be young people, mm. trying to get young people interested in theatre. But I feel like the messages in all of our work are applicable or we would like them to be heard by everyone. Mm. Um, but usually it's about 50-50. Like, do, you, do you actually, when you're planning it, do you think about that? Like, your message and how it will be sort of seen mm. from the different people. Like Definitely. Put that into the planning, yeah. Hmm. Like, say, our last show, um, it was the first time it was more leaning towards younger audience than older audience, because mm-hmm. it was vlogger. And I don't think that a lot of people <laughs> over 50 know what a vlogger yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it was also, I write a lot of queer theatre, so it was queer theatre about vlogging um, which was definitely more appealing to a younger than an older audience. You've kind of touched on it already but how do you see the your theatre company and your work affecting sort of, because you're working with actors that are upcoming so Mm -hmm. I'm curious to see that part of it and also the audiences as well, How, how do you see them all being affected by your work kind of Oh, that's very exciting. Just yeah. like anyone would actually is actually affected. Yeah, well, well I hope, hope that's the goal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about the actors though? Because you're saying you mm. work with upcoming actors. Like you're you're yeah. giving them an opportunity to work on something mm-hmm. as well, and sort of to maybe promote them or or whatnot. That that, that must be. I would assume yeah. that's pretty good. It's for very them, yeah. exciting. Like, and it's across the board as well. Like we work with new directors, stage managers, designers, lighting, and um, so it kind of goes across the board. Mm. Um, with actors specifically as well, say um, Elizabeth Flaherty, who's, who's a Galwegian, um, she's been with us since the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So she was the leading lady in our very first show, Match. Oh. But since then, she's directed for us, she's stage managed for us, she's oh, done wow. lighting tech for us. So we hope to 
keep it open because we always do open castings because like a big reason why we started the company was because there were no auditions because everyone was just casting their friends (laughs) (laughs) so we have a policy that we always have open auditions but then because we don't want to just drop people like a rock either because we're trying to have opportunities for new people we try and come up with new opportunities for the people who've worked with us already Mm. it's a very difficult balance to get having an opportunity for new people constantly but you also don't want to drop people who you work with really well you know you want to keep those people around it's funny that you mentioned Elizabeth actually I know her personally and she I'm in talks with her to come on the podcast so So if you're listening (laughs) (laughs) you'll be on this soon Um, I want you to maybe focus a little bit on the modern kind of theatre that you're working on, because mm-hmm. I actually don't know much about it, so y- you were kind of saying that you're quite interested in modern theatre for sort of modi- modern audiences, and sort of, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned the idea of multimedia theatre as well. Yeah. Could you go through those terms, I guess, just for, for even mm-hmm. myself? So modern theatre, I suppose, in its simplest definition, would be, for what I mean by modern theatre, yeah, okay. I should say, is theatre that resonates with a modern audience theatre that is set now that deals with issues that modern Ireland is facing now so that's the one rule that we follow with every production that we put on at Eva's Echo is that it has to be set now and it has to deal with issues that we're facing now so we don't really do we don't put on classics no Shakespeare <laughs> yeah no Shakespeare I get what you're saying though yeah so it's, it's just, even the settings and, and mm. sort of the plot even the problem the issues and all that yeah what you mean and then what is the multimedia part of it then so multimedia theatre is where you're working with a lot of technology and it's a central part of the story as well so it's not just kind of a gimmick it's, it's interwoven into what the play is so, say, our last show, Vlogger, would be a very good example of this. Um, I played a vlogger, and it was kind of half the play was film and half the play was live theatre, and it worked really well as a way for... Uh, well, I hope this was my, my ambition with the script, was to show the difference between reality with the live theatre and then the edited videos where mm. what she was putting up online and showing things live on stage, like face tuning and stuff like that, showing kind of the the falseness and how our reality can merge with Instagram or YouTube or whatever, how we can kind of get consumed with that. Would this be like the ideal kind of life up on? Yes, exactly. And then you being in reality as a person on stage kind of is yes. that what it was that's a really good idea actually mm-hmm. yeah where, where the oh yeah so it would just be a shift between the two kind of yeah and then I was moving along with the video um, oh. so like I, I feel like that's a very good example of multimedia theatre that has a purpose because I don't want to be using lots of different sound effects and projections and stuff if it's a gimmick if it doesn't have a purpose right. but if it's interwoven in an essential part of the story I, I feel that's when it works best. How do you find as well um, with uh, theatre that it's not like a movie or, or a film or, or something, that it, it disappears, it can only be seen live? Mm. What do you think of that? That's my favourite part of oh, it. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like there's something so final about film and I just love to change things. Like I feel like theatre is always alive in a way that film isn't because, say, if you're touring a show... It's like the rehearsal process 
you're you're making something, you're really creating it. And there's even something a bit final then in the presentation of it. But with theatre, then you can go back and rework it again. Mm. It's always alive and it's always able to change. You can just go back mm. into the rehearsal room, change it and present it again. So if you've seen that, you know, like you say there's a part that you really want a reaction from the audience mm. and you don't get that reaction, would you then go back maybe and then yes. for the second show, would you maybe tweak it a little or maybe emphasize it more or something like that? Yeah. Exactly. Cool, it's it's yeah. always. I suppose I see that. Change. Yeah, but then you're not like. Um, but you see, like the, the 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 work that you're working on now, someone might not be able to see it ever if you don't go back to it. Yeah. But you like that. I like that. That is like <laughs> this was your chance. It's in the moment. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I, I see. It's, it's live. It's more it's, raw. Yeah. 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 That, that's true. Actually, yeah. Um, I have a question that actually popped up from one of the fans, and uh, it's an interesting one because it's about <laughs> it's about. The question in itself, I understand why they asked it, but the question um, in itself basically says, why is theatre so hard to get to? Or basically, why is theatre so boring? It was the question. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but I think I'd like to... I'd like to actually focus on that a little bit, because I think mm. it can be really tough to get into, like, theatre. Like, if you've maybe anything on that or any tips on how to sort of not dive too deep if you get me because yeah. there are some plays that you might not understand when you're just starting off that's something I'm kind of going through at the moment last couple of years I've sort of um, tried to go if you get mm. me and try to expose myself to it but it can be hard because you can miss you know it's hit yeah. and miss you could miss on the first time and you could get quite over like oh that's what theatre is like as, as, as a whole like that's what it is and so how do you sort of find you know how do you start how do you start your journey with theatre kind of I suppose it's kind of like the same as scrolling through Netflix is you probably won't be interested in a show that you wouldn't be interested in watching as a film. Mm. So going to see only shows where the topic or the story sounds interesting to you. Like I think when people think theatre, they automatically think like Shakespeare. You right. know, they think old, they think classic plays, and uh, they think inaccessible or, or sometimes a bit pretentious or hoity-toity kind of stuff, um, which um, I'm proud to say is the opposite of what we do. All of oh. our stuff is very modern, modern there Ireland. Um, but yeah, I suppose only going to see plays that you're interested in going to see. Like, I don't think anyone should force themselves to go see something that they're not going to enjoy to, to feel cultured because there, there's just no point in not having a good time. <laughs> yeah, there you go. On another big topic, actually, mm-hmm. it's about drama teaching in schools. I wonder, you're probably aware of how sort of poor it is. Yes. Because um, even for my course, I would have worked with schools and would have worked with drama in schools as well. I would see it firsthand that it's sort of, it's given that, one hour a week or whatever it is but it doesn't happen and um because it's sort of seen as it's it's like the the limited timing of it but also like the training is is so is so sort of poor for teachers as well and there's so much pressure on them to sort of run this like there's a lot of pressure for someone that never ran a drama class to run one and and i don't know i guess what what do you think about all that (laughs) a lot of big (laughs) questions extend there um yeah Yeah, I definitely think that we should have more drama in schools. And I think that it's very underutilized. Mm. Like, not just for learning, even though I definitely think that there are a lot of aspects to teaching drama that improve overall education, especially regards English and 
confidence in speech. Mm. Um, so I, that's a whole other thing. But just for self-development, I feel like it's very important. And for stimulating creativity in an environment yeah. where I think creativity can be very, very stifled, especially in secondary schools, I feel. Um, and I think that using drama could really help relieve a lot of the, in my opinion, unnecessary stress and pressure that we're putting on our young people. Mm. Yeah, I've, well, I would have actually seen that firsthand as well, that using drama to, to teach, like you're saying, English and history or even geography mm. or things like that, which is really cool because there are so many like things that you can do even something like Shakespeare that you find really boring, yeah. you could do a hot seat, which is putting someone on a oh, seat, yeah. <laughs> pretending that they're Shakespeare, and then they can maybe ask them questions or one of the characters from the, you know, for revision even mm. or something like that. And the school I was working with, actually, um, the teacher I was working with the school, we both did a, uh, a drama for education or something course with Bob Rove. I'm not mm. sure what the. T- complete title what it was but it was basically drama in education how to use it as a tool of learning kind Mm -hmm. of and uh, it was great working with her because we were able to sort of use these methods to just go through topics like that like history and geography which you wouldn't even think like even maths even English is kind of like I'd say the easiest one maybe because that's one's quite creative Mm. but like like history and, and geography and things like that you can pretend you're class of archaeologists and whatnot, like and it kind of makes it fun really engaging as well is what you're saying as well yes and, and even it, interpersonal skills mm. like it encourages children to be open and not to be afraid to look silly around each other yeah. i think it i think it's really good for getting people to be comfortable in their own skin mm. yeah and there's a lot of like with, with with drama there's a lot of a lot of group work as well mm. so they work on sort of sharing roles and things like that and no, it, it, it's, it's really good, but this is like the main question now, especially this, is, this comes up a lot in even my course, and it's sort of like, you know, what's there to do? And you, you kind of touched on, um, touched on, you know, the unnecessary pressure and how much we're actually, because there's so many hours to everything else, maths, your English, Irish as well, religion, and all these subjects that are kind of like the core of Irish education. But yeah, no, it's a... It's a it's a tough one, but it's it's really fun, and I hope it kind of, <laughs> I hope it turns around a little bit, because like you're saying, secondary school as well, especially mm-hmm. I think, is kind of the the years of your life where you kind of like sit down, and it's just paperwork, it's just essays, yeah. it's just the kind of... And the dreaded res- points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, two plus two equals four, and you sort of have to, like, you know, as in, like, you know, the teacher gives you all the info, you just have to remember it, write it all yeah. again. There's no sort of creativity involved, no, yeah, just no personality in anything. It's just all, everyone's the same. And, mm-hmm. Regurgitating know. information you yeah. might not even really understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure both of us probably don't remember anything. No. <laughs> And also, you might not even understand everything that you wrote. Like, you could yes. imagine going back now and looking at your essays and things mm. like that. You'd be like, oh, okay, I used to remember how to write that down, but do I? But did, the, or did if I? the information's not retained, then there mustn't have been really an understanding of it. Mm. Um, what do you think is the main, like, um, like positive of kind of drama in schools then? Oh. Um... Oh, there's lots of them. Yeah. I really do think that the openness, encouraging people to kind of put down their barriers, especially yeah. young people, I feel like there's so much pressure on them, like socially as well as academically. 
I feel like that opportunity to be open and to just be free for like an hour mm. or whatever, I think it's important for our mental health. Like some of my classes um, that I teach like for adults, it can be so rewarding in a very different way to oh, yeah. see an engineer who's like in their 30s be free and play for three hours. Like for the first, like they would have for the first time. They wouldn't have yeah. done it before. Like I teach oh, um, wow. acting one one, which is for complete beginners, no and these people who are very like yeah professional, professional grown ups, um, let loose mm. for like what might be the first time in a really long time. Yeah, there isn't much time for that, I suppose, in no. the adult life, which is what I'm sort of realizing <laughs> slowly <laughs> getting into it. Um, wow, that's that's. I'd never thought of like a thirty-year-old engineer mm. kind of just walking in and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and it's great to see. Yeah, that's great. So, um, just to finish off, um, I wanted to ask, like, where does um, Eva's uh, Eco Theater Company kind of line all this in terms of? Because um, we we went through sort of like the different kind of people that you work with and sort of the different audiences and the importance of sort of theater for people, and I wonder, like, where does your company kind of lie in all this like what kind of work do you produce um, and things like that but I suppose it's going down to do you did you ever make theatre apart outside of this company or is this the first time oh, if no, you get what um, I'm saying I worked as an actor independently in the west of Ireland for about a year before setting up oh. Eva's Echo um, and then I would have also worked throughout college in I, d- I did a VTech in Cavan before my honours degree in Sligo so I would have worked in both of those places as well and did that experience kind of help you create the message for this company because you're quite proud that it's it's about modern setting and mm. did you is there was there like a moment in your life where you're kind of like this is what I'm going to do what why is it that way I think that me and Hazel both felt very strongly about that we wanted to tell stories about modern Ireland because we wanted to encourage young audiences. We wanted to see more people our age going yeah. to the theatre. Um, our main kind of ethos for setting up the company okay. was that mainly it was that everyone got paid, yeah. even if it's profit share. Like That was really the reason that we set it up was even though I'd been working, I wasn't always getting paid or I was being paid very little mm. um, by people who had funding. So we still do profit share, which isn't that much because we're not funded, um, but at least we know that we're giving all that we can to people who deserve it. Mm. Um, so that was kind of our main ethos in setting it up, was to kind of give emerging professional actors an opportunity to be kind of respected financially and artistically yeah. and also the the audition issue when we moved to Galway and saw there were no auditions so we were like open casting for yeah, everyone yeah. <laughs> I suppose that's a, that's a good point with being treated with respect kind of when it comes mm. to money because like oh you know it's not all about money and all that mm. but I have friends now even that are starting into music and if they're getting gigs that they're not getting paid for um compared to gigs that they are getting paid for it feels different that's what I see with my friends is that even if it's like 50 or 100 euro for Mm. the gig um it just makes you feel professional for for that time and it's nice and um before we started recording uh you were saying that some of your work would include just two people as in two actors Mm -hmm. and um I wonder then that's what people see 
but I wonder what, what's behind the scenes, kind of, how many people are working on a project oh, like say that? Oh, that project where there were two actors, um, there was myself, the other actor, the director, stage manager, designer, videographer, lighting designer. Yeah, so that was five, six, seven, right. seven people. Yeah. And then because I had wrote it, that eliminated a person. It, it usually so, would be eight um, to include a playwright. And those roles would be vital for this to work? Yes. Like you wouldn't... No, you, know, you couldn't just... really get away with without any of those. Well, I suppose um, if it wasn't a multimedia production, you wouldn't need to have a videographer. Okay. Oh. Um, yeah, that's... That's kind of it. It was yeah. really great to have you. Is <laughs> there anything else you want to say about your company or what you're working on now? Maybe a, like a show, the next show actually. What, oh yeah. want to talk about that? Just... Uh, so we're putting on Starseed at the Town Hall Studio. So that's the 6th to 9th of November at 8.30pm each night. Um, and it's a new play by Killian Glynn that's a dark comedy. Um, I'm, I'm very, very excited about the script because I've been working with Killian on the script as he's been writing it. He's been sending me drafts, so I've gotten to see the evolution of this script from... It was like a piece